morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good people everywhere in the world, wherever you are. This is another episode of Music and We. We have a special guest today for a very special reason. And uh, we have known each other for a long time, but we kind of lost contact and then we ended up connecting again, interestingly, because... <laughs> of my accident, which is, it's happened quite a few times. It's, it's fascinating to me how those things happen, but I think it's a good thing. And Abby Denson is our special guest for today's episode. I'm going to have you talk about yourself and then we'll talk about how we met and the connection to this episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the other episodes I listened to, so I'm excited to be here. And also, we always have so much fun talking about, you know, our faves, music and such that I'm excited for this. So, uh, yeah, I'm Abby Denson. I am a comic artist. I'm also a musician. And um, I guess my most my most recent books is Uniquely Japan, which is a cultural guidebook about Japan and different cultural topics. And I drew that and wrote it. And also I have a series called Kitty Sweet Tooth that was illustrated by the amazing artist Udomaru and it is about a cat who manages a movie theater that uh, has crazy food that goes wild. <laughs> so it's really fun and I try to keep to making fun things that have to do with topics I'm interested in. So but I've been drawing a long time. Um, one of the reasons I've been uh, thinking about Jamila and that was one of the reasons I was sought her out and found her again is that when my first mini comic I made Jamila did the lettering so I was like you know I want to see what's going on with Jamila and I found, I found Jamila online but yeah so I just like to draw comics sometimes make music fun stuff sometimes have made music with Jamila so yeah. oh <laughs> happy to be here <laughs> we actually was it maybe a month or two ago we actually jammed it was fun <laughs> yeah with the next one i'm going to be prepared I, actually maybe we will prepare some of the songs on the new mud honey record we'll see <laughs> <laughs> so we actually met at a fugazi show and yes. then we started a band <laughs> right <after> yes <laughs> And I played guitar, you played bass, and Mayumi, hi Mayumi, played the drums. Yes. And we covered, well, we were in another band, it was just me and you, and we covered some Madani songs. But in the first band called The Girly Men, we had our own original songs, but we covered The Misfits, we covered Minor Threat, we covered bands like No Means No. It was sort of a wide range, but for... It's like 17, 18, 19 year old. It was just, okay. It was very fun. We played a bunch of shows around, uh, mostly New York, some Connecticut, uh, so maybe New Jersey. I can't remember. Yeah, ABC Norio. ABC Norio. That was my second place of residence outside of my house, I think. But the gas station, the which, gas like, station you know. Yeah, and they're, they're shut down. I think Gigi Allen was the last show. I can't remember what the last oh my goodness <laughs> but yeah we had a lot of fun and then we turned into adults and you know <laughs> things happened. people moved people we've been moved, out of touch yeah. uh but right. you know now we're back in touch and i'm really happy about it so <laughs> and so happy to of, be here oh thank you thank you for being here 
And one of the things that connected us was the band Mud Honey. We've mentioned them a couple times already. Yes. And so we have seen them together. We've seen them not together. I've seen them about four times, I think. How many times have you seen them? It might have been four. Also, because I saw them a few times, you know, after you moved. Yeah. But I know I saw them with you a few, maybe two or three times in the city. Yeah. So (laughs) it blur. I have to say, at this age, like it's starting to blur. I'm like, I don't know, three or four. I didn't save my tickets. So I know. I know. I regret. I wish I saved them. (laughs) I know. I know. And now they're doing these virtual tickets, which look terrible. Uh, (laughs) I know. (laughs) But. Yeah, those are one of our connecting pieces of music, I think. Definitely Fugazi and definitely Mudhoney are yes. two. And I know that we both also in some way connected with Metallica. And I always think of you when I listen to The Unforgiven, because I remember you used to sing that. <laughs> <laughs> Put on a good show. I know that you also saw them on the Justice Tour. So you saw them uh, about a year or two before I did. So yeah, you- that was one of my my major Metallica memory. Yeah. Is, uh, I think I was in either early in high school. And uh, luckily, I have seen a lot of rock shows because my mom's partner I worked at the classic rock radio station in the area and we used to get to go to all the concerts. So I actually am pretty sure I got free tickets to that. And I remember the cult open. It was outdoors. Mm-hmm. And the other crazy thing about it was it was outside and there was a situation where there was a gate separating general admission from the people who paid extra to be closer up. And the, the crowd rushed the gate, knocked the gate down <laughs> during the talk. I don't think anyone got hurt, but it was in the news the next day. <laughs> I'm glad no one got hurt because there have been shows. Uh, I'm hoping no one got hurt, but I remember it was in the news and I I don't think they reported any injuries. Okay, good. Hopefully hopefully it was okay. You know, I'm sure I could play detective and find out, but. (laughs) Well, I hope that no one. (laughs) It was a very good time, though. And uh, we saw the whole, you know, the the statue behind the band, you know, went up and then tumbled down Mm -hmm. as part of the set for that. (laughs) Doris. That's her name, Doris. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that was name. Yeah, Doris. <laughs> Excellent. And we are here because Mudhoney has a new album that came out. We're recording today and it came out yesterday. Yes, I, this is hot news. I received it a day early because I pre-ordered it, but I didn't get a chance to listen to it until yesterday. And I woke up and you sent me a text. It's so good. It's so good. You're naming songs. I'm like, I haven't listened to it yet. So then I was listening to it. I would like to listen to it again and just kind of sit and take it in. But I was about to do something. So I was listening to it as I was getting ready. And I loved it. I actually <laughs> have, I pre-ordered all of the formats. So I pre-ordered cassette, vinyl, and CD. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I tried on my laptop to get the CD to play and it wouldn't. So I have, Mm. I also have a regular CD player. So I'm going to do that. But obviously I'm going to listen to vinyl first because that's my favorite format of the three. And then I'll play it on cassette. You're a true, a true music fan. You've covered all the bases. (laughs) But, But I... Actually, as far as I know, 
do have uh, physical copies of every Mudhoney album. So it's it's either on cassette, CD, or vinyl. So uh, it's mm. it's one of the few bands where I do have all of the albums in their physical or whatever you call it. I think that's a pride. <laughs> that's like a pride of place, you know, because I know you didn't, um, you did not hold on to your whole collection over the year or so, like that you held on to Mudhoney says something. <laughs> so I ended up having, you know, vinyl and then I ended up getting CD formats. So some of the vinyl I kept, some of the vinyl I did not keep and then ended up getting different formats later. And then some of it, uh, when I moved, I don't know what happened to it. I had mm -hmm. people hold them for me and I don't know if they ended up selling them or, I, you know, they may have moved or something. So I did end up re-getting stuff, but I do have physical copies of all their albums as far as I know. And I actually, well, I have the CDs here next to me, the vinyls in another room, but it's just, they have a catalog that it's fairly constant, but there are variations. When they started out in the late 80s, it was definitely more just rock, or I guess people call it grunge. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I feel about that because the grunge thing, none of the bands they considered grunge sound like one another. Soundgarden sounds nothing like Nirvana or Pearl Jam or Mud Honey or Screaming Treat or whatever. None of the bands. That's a really, like. that's a really good point. That's an excellent point. Cause uh, even like at the time that grunge was happening, <laughs> I didn't really feel like I liked that expression that much for <laughs> explaining it <laughs> or just, I felt like it was too broad. You know, yeah. I feel like Mud Honey actually does sound grungy uh, if you're going to go with crunch. So fine. But like, yeah, Soundgarden or Pearl Jam. I don't know about that. So because <laughs> they all have some influence. They they might have a connection with those influences. But uh, Mud Honey, I think they openly talked about one of their influences being Blue Cheer. Um, mm -hmm. The Melvins, like a huge influence in them would be Kiss. They hmm. even did records where all three of them had similar to the members of Kiss. They had their own EPs. Every band is different. Nirvana <laughs> had the Pixies. Uh, yeah. You know, so Pearl Jam, you know, had their thing. Soundgarden had their thing. And even the transition of where Soundgarden went, because I have most of their, I don't think I have every Soundgarden album, but the album they did on SST is very different than the albums they did on AM, which is very different than the albums that you know so i i don't know what grunge actually means <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think and i think also when people were using grunge to discuss like fashion and other kinds of like uh, non-music trends it, it um i don't know like I, it's weird because i was a really big Madhani fan and and even so in high school i guess we started like our introduction to how we you know, got into it, but I first got every, every boy, every good boy, every good boy sponge on yeah. tape, on tape, cassette yep. tape. Yep. And I like, at the time I probably was like, I guess 16 and I was starting to drive. So I played it in my car a lot, which was like a really major way I got into particular albums. Right. You know, being young and you've got your car and I could go to the record store and pick up the records. And I picked up, uh, I think it was the mud ride that I had that seven inch where mm -hmm. they're covered in mud. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that I only have a couple of um uh, I mean, that might be my only vinyl I had maybe one other I really loved it because and, and as you know like my taste to music is I really like faster a beat or catchier stuff and I really love hooks now uh well in preparation of this <laughs> I was writing about what are their different variations because they have a few different musical variations they do and they also have a lot of lyrical themes that they go yes. into but Absolutely. for musical variations I feel like Garage Crunch is one. Psychedelic Freak Out is another. Psychedelic Drone or Dirge is another. <laughs> or Downbeat Dirge. And I really do kind of split on some songs where I really just particularly want the hooks and I want the Garage Crunch. I do like Psychedelic Freak Outs. I get lost when there's like too much of a dirge or downbeat going oh, on wow. okay. or like a druggy freak out, which I know they do. So actually like there are some albums they kind of lost me on because there wasn't enough. There wasn't I, enough punk on it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love yeah. punk. I love garage. Yeah. So, but yeah. I still love them. But um, anyway, I was introduced with, uh, and I also think every big uh, good boys are fudge, and then also super fuzz big muffin and, and the, the mud honey earlier records were also really good as a teen to be into because it had a lot of like some of those fun teen themes like sexy nihilism, <laughs> dying love. I, I actually broke up. I probably don't have time to even do this, but I broke up a list of songs for each of my themes to sexy nihilism, wow. dying love slash tormented relationship slash rejecting relationship. <laughs> See, I told you you went way more into it. Yeah, than yeah. I did. One yeah. is get getting high slash drunk or being a screw up with a lot I of I got those. drunk for 24 hours. Oh, that, that's one of my favorite songs. And we should note that I was pretty I was straight edge, you know, like and I love that song. I didn't okay. care. <laughs> I still am straight edge. It's still it's a good I love song, that yeah. song. So yeah, uh, Sad Girls, uh, which there's a couple of songs under that, like By Her Own Hand and Sweet Young Thing. Then you have the what I'm really finding to be as I'm older, more of my favorite, which sneering and bitter laughter at evildoers <laughs> dripping with sarcasm. And then they've been mixing that up with anti-fascism and anti-capitalism, environmentalism and pro-choice, anti-church, anti-evangelical and anti-gun themes. So, hey, you know what? It's good. I like it. Mix it up, right? <laughs> that's a big mouthful, wow. but that's what they're doing, right? So... <laughs> I want to say before we get into this, Mud Honey is actually the band that made me want to pick up a guitar. I even got a big muff. I ended up, you know, selling all my stuff, and then years later, and I have guitars now and got a big muff. They are the band. I have the big muff as well. <laughs> made me want to pick up a guitar. It yeah. was people like I don't know, just the Pixies bands like that, Pixies Gang of Four the uh, public image limited that really inspired me to play drums but mm. in terms of guitar it was mud honey and mm. i definitely cannot play like more karma steve turner but they really just i heard them and i said i want to get a guitar and my first guitar of course was a stratocaster and i yeah, again, couldn't play like them, but they inspired me. And so it I, sounds magical to me that yeah. the, the guitar solos and with that distortion, it just kind of really can take you to another place. Yeah, and that's funny. And the noodling. 
that you mentioned though because I'm a fan of the drunk like one of my other favorite bands is the Movens and mm. that's what they do <laughs> I mean that's one of the many things they do but I love the psychedelic drone stuff I, I like psychedelic yeah. but I like it when it's more mixed up with like a yeah. bit of a hook it, but like there's yeah. a lot where it's a little bit almost jazzy or uh, not exactly jazzy but when it really becomes um more improvised sounding and then I get mm. kind of tuned out with that not just you know in general but just a genre I'm not that into however <laughs> I uh really love so much of what they're they did and are doing and I, I was saying that like after um tomorrow hits today they did a bunch mm. of kind of those albums were more with the droning but like I, I feel like with the uh, last di uh, digital garbage that really was a return to form for me of them. And then uh, everything after that would have been that the morning in America and the plastic eternity. I'm like, yes, yes, this is exactly, <laughs> this is amazing. Cause I kind of, I got lost a little bit in the la the records between tomorrow hit today and this. So now I'm just really fully on board oh, again. <laughs> I love that stuff so much. I mean, I love all of their albums. So mm -hmm. uh, do I have a favorite? Actually, no. But I, I think they have done. Uh, so it's funny that you have all of these subsections of their albums, because I think there was the time. So they had the albums on Sub Pop. There was a the mm -hmm. time they were on Sub Pop. Then they were off Sub Pop. And then they were on Sub Pop again currently. But mm -hmm. I feel like there was the period. Of course, they were one of the bands at that time where oh, Nirvana's famous. We'll just sign every band from Seattle. And as usual, there was a particular cynicism with Mudhoney. They went full speed with that cynicism when they signed to Reprise or Reprise or however you pronounce it. And yeah. I feel like they went through a Captain Beefheart phase. So you listen to other Amazon Reprise. It's just these, these noises and these just <laughs> that just don't makes sense if you just don't understand their music or have never mm. heard their music You're, what is this it's just, yeah yeah like I guess it could be it could like be that. intentionally oblique so <laughs> I really feel like okay you signed us we're gonna do this thing yeah yeah <laughs> well I think also a lot of it and like I even think one of the songs on this record and even the more like it does seem like a lot of them are about trips or drugs you know, in there. So, and I'm sure that some of it's related. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, even though I'm still, you know, I also have like never done acid. I'm not, I'm so fairly on the straight edge end of things. I do really love psychedelic movies and I like psychedelic music and I like, uh, I do like a lot of the aesthetic a lot. <laughs> so I, maybe it's because I, I just feel like I am experiencing it from the outside. Yeah, <laughs> and I like that because I think it's more creative to be able to experience it through art too as, as opposed to being like I'm going to buy some <laughs> and get this feeling yeah. you know so I, I really appreciate being able to ride those feelings uh, uh, with art yeah and but I feel like the concerns too because they're aging they're a bit older than us but we're all aging so they're aging at the same rate we're aging so like all the earlier records like the concerns of you know hooking up and like romance and having fun and issues with we were friends or whatever with the earlier albums were really uh, resonated to me more you know or even just horniness or whatever and then <laughs> as you get older and and things keep on you know and 
the surrounding situation with politics, environment, whatever, becomes more of a concern to you and clearly more to them and their lyrics. And then I feel like, especially on the last two records, I can really resonate really tightly <laughs> with their lyrics. You know, I, That's the funny thing, because as you mentioned in your subcategories, so they did <laughs> throughout their catalog did talk about, you know, body autonomy like there's the song Fearless Doctor Kill, which is one of my favorite Mudhoney songs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it talked about a lot of those people who will murder uh, abortion providers. It yep. says, I'm doing it for Jesus. You know, this is for Jesus. And then it says, well, you know, okay, we got you. And now we don't care about you when you're alive. And, you know, you go do something. We got this death penalty for you so yes comes full circle and so they had songs like that but I do feel like they were tinged with a bit of irony and a bit of humor Mm -hmm. and it was sort of cynicism with some humor and I agree with you their later albums were just straight up like this is how we feel yeah yeah so I actually like looked through the catalog so that is on my brother the cow right which yeah it looks like it's 1995 now if I'm going to be forensic here, I feel like that album has um, the that one. And then is it today is a good day is on that one. Mm-hmm. And those are, and that's the first environmental song right. I think. And that, that they did. And uh, then there's FDK. I love, I remember when I heard it and I think it was 1995. And so I was probably like 20. I was 20 when this came out and I was wildly impressed <laughs> that like I was like oh I kind of thought of them as a party band <laughs> a lot of oh, it wow. and I was like oh all their songs are great but it's like a lot of it's about like hooking up and drugs or what having fun and getting effed up or whatever but then it's like oh you have this song is like a basically a pro-choice song uh, except for it's like in the you know it's like a ironic point of view from like the FDK you know right. but it was amazing and then so I was like whoa and then also, um, you know, what is, it? is today is a good day? Yeah, and today is a good day is like a post-apocalyptic, you know, environmental apocalypse song. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So these are things they're thinking of. At the same time on that record, my favorite song on it is Execution Style, which is like a straight up song about being horny. And it's amazing. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's such a good, it has such a good um, riff. <laughs> I want to cover it. Okay, let's put it on the list. We're going to cover this one. Execution. (laughs) Judgment, rage, retribution, and time. time. (laughs) Yeah, I love that song. It's just, it's it's some blues riffs. Yeah. You know, and obviously it's a play on the Simon and Garfunkel song. But Mm -hmm. that's, to me, when you start seeing a lot of the Captain B part kind of stuff come out. Mm. The earlier Captain B part was more blues based. Yeah. And then, you know, Trash Mouth. How is it? How Trash Mask Replica. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. And I feel like a lot of, or, or like uh, 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 Lick My Decals Off Baby, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I think that in some of like Safe as Milk, the earlier stuff. You could hear that, but then you also hear a lot of this stuff, like lick my decals off or trout mat. Like I hear a lot of that with Mud Honey, and so that's the stuff I love. 
to be yeah like, i should check it out more because i know i haven't heard that enough i haven't heard that much of captain Beefheart, but i know that that they definitely influence mud honey it seems like in surrealism influence to me from what i understand yeah. like their so, song titles and and i wonder yeah. fearless doctor killers i wonder if that was a playoff uh, fearless vampire killers i thought maybe yeah. the title because it, it makes yeah. sense i mean it's like a funny title uh, it's yeah. a funny ironic title that, that's the other thing and i don't know if you wanted to have like i don't i don't know if you tend to do content warnings on here but sure. i do really want to talk uh lately my top fave from the last record one of them was kill yourself live so i yeah. obviously uh the title could be considered controversial and like yeah. negative but it, it is a very sarcastic song and it made me laugh out loud many times the first time i heard it Interesting. but i would like to say make sure there's a content warning that um you know it, it's a sarcastic song and then to be cautious if you are worried yeah. about it but i well, it's I, a- I did want to talk with you about that because i definitely didn't laugh when i heard that and- well the end the last part i mean so, some of the lyrics made me laugh like yeah. where he says jump out a window and land on a banana peel i mean that right is obvious but they're the part there are parts that are not funny and the other part that really impressed me as a lyric in it because the other theme i guess i should have mentioned is a criticism of the police right Mm -hmm. which is amazing that i appreciate that they put that in there and in it's also in the kill yourself live because he does like what's mostly sort of a funny or what i saw as a funny or ironic list of ridiculous ways to kill oneself to become a spectacle on social media which is what the song's about but it does then slips in that lyric, smash out your taillight, get pulled over. Yeah. And that like, like is a very serious line that right? you put in there. But that's know? what I mean. Like songs like that to me are yeah. just like, yeah, that's that's reality. As as a person yeah. who has been racially profiled by the police yeah. on more than one occasion, that that makes my ears perk up. And yeah. Clearly, the songs they're doing are kind of timely because there have been people who have streamed ending their lives mm. and people are, think it's a joke. And then when they do it, they're like, oh, my guess is that it's a reference to that kind of thing. It's not I didn't see it as a, a, an attack on people struggling with mental health. I didn't see it in that way. No, I no. I did see it as a commentary on like everything is a spectacle. And so if somebody is struggling people don't even have the humanity to see somebody struggling or to reach out. And that, that is how I see it. And that's why I didn't laugh because like, Oh, this is, I understand again, as someone who, and I've mentioned this on the show many times. So I'll just say it as a person who does have suicidal ideation and as mm. a person who uh, has on several occasions attempted to end my life, I, I just, that made my ears perk up to listen to that. Uh, most people who are, going through that do reach out so yeah i don't think it was an attack on people no no i wouldn't have uh i I don't think i would like the song like if if the lyrics were in my mind that problematic though obviously you can always uh everyone has their interpretation because it's art right but no i I, especially i think because you and i have a pretty long relationship as fans of the band Mm -hmm. that knowing where they're coming from i don't i'm pretty i don't see that they would this is not supposed to actually be an attack on people who are have suicidal ideation i saw it um as it is a yeah like it's a commentary on social media and Mm -hmm. i think also a lot of the thing where people to get attention 
you might even notice it not on social media, but like it's a very typical thing on YouTube where people, popular YouTuber, I might be looking for some kind of YouTube instruction thing. And then suddenly you'll look at someone's channel that you like, and it'll be like apology for whatever something drama, right. drama happened. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm sure also they, there are many that title stuff, title them kind of as clickbait. If there's a trauma or drama, it'll be a clickbait, right? Right. More so than a positive thing. So I think that it was a commentary to me as a commentary on that as well. But it did make me laugh just when he was listening because some of the stuff that was ridiculous. Oh, yes. <laughs> where it's like you can uh, take your skin off and things like that. But the the one where he but then he slipped in, smashed out your tail leg, pulled over. And then I did not laugh. <laughs> right. I and like, I think, oh, well, I think that's the brilliance of songs like that. And yeah, because it's like, well, these are ridiculous. But then somebody's film literally being murdered by the state and yeah i, I just these these just what they're probably in their 50s i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> it's a, yeah yeah 40 50 year old white dudes that just you know really overall don't write songs about that kind of stuff but then they sneak it in and people just go la 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 and then you're like oh wait what did they just say wait a minute mm. So, of course, that goes back to, you know, they covered the dicks hate the police. Yes, and that, yeah. to me, endeared me to Mud Honey right there. Yeah, I mean, I remember, <laughs> I, I, yep. Yes. I can only say yes, I agree. Yes. And there was another one. Um, I mean, if you go, again, like, I ended up re-listening to Digital Garbage and checking out the lyrics on that. And, like, the song Paranoid Core totally has a line about all that, too. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's, well, what I wanted to say also on that album and I have the Morning in America 12 inch. So it's like mm-hmm. 45 RPM. And so of course they're linked. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they're songs from that session or something. And then of mm-hmm. course they have the the one song on there, but the song, Please Mr. Gunman. Yes. And so yeah. when you when you have the song about, you know, oh, ending your life on social media or whatever, and then you listen to Please Mr. Gunman and then he lists, oh, I'd rather die in a church or in a mall. And I'm like, oh man. Oh, and of course it's it's cynical. But these things have happened, especially increasingly yeah. in the past few years. Yeah. So it's just like, what do you say to that? Because it is social commentary, and then as you're saying, like somebody could misinterpret that. Yeah. But it's very clear in how it's written. It's a commentary. I'm not trying to be like the the old get off my lawn person. Like, oh, people don't listen. But the way people take in information now is that it's so short. And so uh, people aren't taking in songs. And I they're think, not paying attention to the right. And I think mud honey songs are songs to really be taken in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you have to be like, oh, yes, oh, this is just that I'm not saying that, but we just talked about a song where he says, oh, here's way slip on a banana peel. And then you get profiled. Like, that's just, you have to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it, lyrics in. Yeah. And then I also, it, I really like that digital garbage. Also, they like really call out evangelical Christianity. Yeah, he says uh, evang- evangelical hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, 21st century Pharisees and the song Prosperity Gospel, which I think is also about televangelism. 
Yeah. And, and as you know, like, I mean, I'm not a Christian. I didn't come from that background, but I, Spe- I came speaking, from. Speaking of, uh, I'm going to sing Creeping Death to you because that's about the Passover. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. That's that's my it's a good way to celebrate Passover. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but I didn't come from that. And I also wasn't raised in a homophobic environment. And I'm like extremely over my whole life mm-hmm. from being a teenager and everything like, like very conscious of like the, this country does not see people like me as like the people, the evangelical Christians and the Christian nationalism that's going on now, which is like horrendous. And that's, you know, been in the works for a long time has been opposed to me and my family and my friends and my life, my whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, this has like been in my mind my whole life. So then listening to Mark Arm sing, <laughs> suddenly I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Well, I want to, before, because I do want to get into the discography a little bit more and name the yeah, albums, because yeah, yeah. I really want to talk about this. I want to break it down. Yes, yes. So they have the song on a new album, and then we'll talk about the new album called Flush yeah. the Fastest. Yeah, yeah. When I heard that, I said, okay, I, I love Mud Honey. The one thing, though, when people talk about fascism, I don't think people really understand the seriousness of it. When people talk about fascism, they narrow it down to just Nazis and they narrow it down to Trump. And they don't understand how insidious fascism is in terms of the policies that are being signed right now, in terms of the rampant patriarchy. This, all of these things are elements of that. So I really wanted to uh, discuss some of that. And this is going to be a thing. So I wanted to talk about how the, the House, the Tennessee House, they voted by majority to expel Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. So two Justins. And they are also in the House with their Democrats. And I am not a supporter of Democrat or Republican. I'm just stating what's happened. So Mm -hmm. there were two African men and they led a protest in favor of more stringent gun reforms. So Mm -hmm. I, I know you mentioned that I'm, I'm personally not anti-gun. I think I am along the lines of Marx where it's just like, yeah, the proletariat needs to defend themselves. However, I am not one of those people who are just like, no gun checks. No, that like, yeah, you need to have checks and balances when it comes to guns. And I'm I'm going to get into the deeper issue of this. So they led a protest. And I'm saying this because a lot of the gun laws you saw with the uh, Mulford Act, a lot of that was to prevent revolutionary organizers from having guns. So this is why the, the whole thing is like, wait a minute now. <laughs> so so they did lead a protest in favor of more stringent gun reforms. And as a result of that, uh, what they did, and they had bullhorns and everything, and, and what they did was compared to what happened on January 6, 2021. I'm uh, sure you remember what happened. Nothing they did was in comparison to that. But they're like, oh, you're getting in the way of the status quo and what we want you're gone. And so there was a woman who was of European descent, Gloria Johnson. She was also a Democrat. And so they're all in different um, areas in uh, Tennessee. So she participated in the protest, but narrowly the vote was missed. So she's still in the house, but it was a very narrow vote to get her out uh, or to keep her in. And uh, 
So some of those who voted in favor of the expulsion, they were silent. And these some of these people were, were like, blue lives matter, blue, blue lives matter. But when those people in January 6th ended up uh, ending the life of a cop, they didn't say anything. So mm-hmm. it's pretty ironic there. Yep, Maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure Mark Allen would agree. Yeah, so, so there's a song uh, there. And then you have a 2019, the Georgia governor, Brian Kemp. So he signed HB 481, which was the heartbeat bill. And this is a bill that bans mm-hmm. abortion after five to six weeks of pregnancy. And mm-hmm. under this bill, people who have miscarriages could be deemed charged with murder. So this is what, like people, it's not just Trump. It's like, this is, <laughs> this is fascism right here. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place. And right. the thing that's, uh, yes, so definitely... I mean, we were discussing, you and I were discussing how awesome their titles, song titles are. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as I saw Flesh the Fascist, I was like, and Cascades of Crap as well. Yeah. No, no, um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not done though. Cause oh, no, no, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, believe me, uh, there's I, I just, a lot of, pro- there are many problems and it's frustrating because it does feel yeah. like we're moving backwards from, especially for in bodily autonomy and yeah. I, and gun control and things like that. It's not going in a good direction. Right. But you then know, there's and, also with the drag shows uh, being banned yes. in Tennessee. And so there was, uh, that was recently blocked by a federal judge because the judge said it was unconstitutionally vague. And so then there's the bevy of bills supported by Ron DeSantis, good old Ron DeSantis in Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis. Call, I heard they call him Ron the fascist also. So. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Abby. That's what I'm getting to. Because he signed Bill 1557. No, no. I, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all over the way. Well, you know, it is bring it in that other Mud Honey song title from Morning in America. It mm-hmm. was creeps are everywhere yeah. <laughs> exactly. it is a hundred percent about that and like it right. also because the feelings that you had it's not like you said it wasn't just Trump. it was a Trump. it's it was almost to me like somehow a league of supervillains kept on adding on and becoming more and more we're like oh another horrible person i never right. heard of just showed up and another one and another one and they just come out of the woodwork it's just like that song creeps are everywhere <laughs> that's what it's about and the thing is, they're not coming out of the woodwork. They have been they're there, there forever. And yeah, so, yeah. Certain people like Jesse yeah. Holmes. Oh, well. Oh, oh man. There's so, people who like. Anita I was Bryant. Like, yeah. There's I mean, people who I was like hearing about from like in high school because when I would used to go to like, I used to go to Queer Nation things yeah. and act up uh, things when mm-hmm. I was in high school. And they were, these are the names that have been around. Right. <laughs> Lindsay so, Graham. Bill, Bill 1557 is the Parental Rights and Education Act or the Don't Say Gay Bill. So that was oh signed God, by Ron yeah. DeSantis. There's House Bill 1999, excuse me, House Bill 999, also in Florida, which would eliminate the ability of getting a minor or major of gender or race studies, including critical race theory in public education or public universities. Obviously, <sighs> this is going to negatively affect and isolate queer students, women and marginalized gender students, and anyone else who has been politically and socially marginalized. So yep, yep. this is fascism right here. It's not like Trump is a fa- It's like we have to get beyond these individual personalities and understand. No, no, you're right. It's in place. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Mark Arm would agree with you. <laughs> so I I do want to talk about before we get because 
uh, just so people know, there's a, a guy who is a political scientist. His name is Dr. Lawrence Britt. And so it was an article he wrote. And I'm sure a lot of people have seen this either on posters or videos or whatever. But I do want to uh, read it again. So this was uh, 2003. He talked about the characteristics, 14 characteristics of fascism. So one, powerful and continuing nationalism, which we're addressing, disdain for the recognition of human rights, identification of enemies slash scapegoats as a unifying cause, supremacy of the military, rampant sexism, I'm going to say patriarchy, uh, control mm -hmm. mass media, obsession with national security, religion and government are intertwined, corporate power is protected, labor power is suppressed. So we see all of uh, these owners of corporations uh, suppressing any formations of unions. We see that going on. Disdain mm -hmm. for intellectuals and the arts. Obsession with crime and punishment. Rampant cronyism and corruption and fraudulent elections. Mm -hmm. Is this not going on in uh, the U.S. of A? All 14 there, of these. Yeah, no, I, I think... Flush the fastest. Yep. <laughs> Well, uh, you and I were fairly aware of it, but I guess like now the listeners know. <laughs> Anyone who's not For aware sure. of this, now you know. Flush. Yeah, yeah, flushes. yeah. But so it, is, it is nice because to ha hear songs, because like one, you know, I love punk and I love the more punk of the Mud Honey songs, but yeah. the political aspect of lyrics and punk music, I haven't really been feeling it in recent music too much. So it's uh, really nice. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Well, I am not, I, like most, uh, many Asian people haven't been listening to tons of newer bands. So mm -hmm. I am not hearing a lot of lyrics like this uh, right now, but <laughs> yeah. I, that's on me. I'm sure I should seek them out, but I really identified and resonated when I heard, hear those messages Absolutely. in these records. And uh, to me, the past three releases from them, you know, like Morning in America and this and Digital Garbage, I'm like, yeah, you know what, this is what I was thinking. And and in Plastic Eternity, the new record, also, I think almost like half of the songs are about post-COVID yeah. malaise or feelings. And I can identify with some of them really hard. <laughs> you know? My, my two so. favorite songs on that album, and I'm going to listen to it again, but for I listened to it once because oh, and I've just been in the middle of stuff. But yeah. Flush the Fascist, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Human Stop Capital. For yeah, that's sure. I, that, that's okay. Did you look at the article? Uh, I didn't, I didn't get to look at okay, it. Okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read something to you because, like, I, Human Stock Capital is probably my favorite song and also Move Under because I just, the riff is really good. And uh, so for Human Stock Capital, you might or may not have some idea of what it is from the title, but it is about the essential workers, you know, being actually disposable to the to the business owners basically during the COVID pandemic. I know we had been talking about this even before we heard this record. This came up in our co own conversation <laughs> this week mm -hmm. about how that. So uh, Flood Magazine has the whole album streaming, which you can hear. And it has short commentary from Mark Arm written out under each <gasps> song. Ooh. So for a human stock capital, he says, in May of 2020, as COVID was raging through meat and poultry processing plants, Kevin Hassett, an economic advisor of the former president, got on my TV and said, our human capital stock is ready to go back to work. I vomited so hard that shit came out of my mouth. 
Yeah. When Dan presented us with this hardcore riff that he had been keeping to himself since the time of My Brother the Cow, I had lyrics at the ready. <laughs> now, reading that, like I almost gagged too, because yeah. I, like, I actually did sometimes feel <laughs> it's weird because I feel trauma. I think we all have trauma from COVID, but a lot of it was involved being stuck at home and watching worse and worse things on the news from the government too. And like that, and I, some of it at that time, I remember I felt like I was going to puke. So I can really relate to Mark Arm saying this, but I was like, this is like why this song is one of my favorite songs on the record. Plus the riff is really good. It's just a punk song. Right. Sure. There were articles I read where CEOs straight up said, if people die, that's fine. We just have to open back these businesses. And just even the administration, both past and current, they said, we need to open things back up, open schools back up. We need to get back to business as if anything is normal. There are people who are living with COVID every day of their lives because (laughs) their immune systems have just taken it on and it's with them for the rest of their lives. So to say, well, let's get back to normal. Let's get back to business. It's I mean, it's capitalism in full steam and the exploitation. There is a comment I saw that I did want to talk about as well. Someone from, I'm crediting, Sean Williams. This was uh, my rare occasion of reading comments on YouTube, but they did say work is getting worse because capitalism is at the point where it can't expand anymore. So Mm -hmm. it's a discussion. And there were some articles I read about the chipping away at child labor laws, which is increasingly happening as well. Mm. Talking about, you know, meat processing plants where you have 13 year old kids working overtime at this point. So there are plenty of articles we can read about that, but they said, so it's starting to eat its own tail to maintain profits. It's actually been doing that for decades now. It's just being noticed more because it's starting to have a negative effect on college educated professionals now, whereas before it was guys in factories. The rise of gig work has also made things way worse. So it's interesting how increasingly more, more and more people are starting to see how inhumane capitalism is. And a band like Mudhoney has seen it the whole time. They may not have straight up said, yeah, we're anti-capitalist. And they may not even be anti-capitalist. I don't know. But according to the lyrics, to me, they seem anti-capitalist. Well, I actually like when I was putting their songs into different categories, I also, there was a song called Empty Shells. They have that also was like, and they had another Mm -hmm. one called Hard On For War that is also kind of in that zone. So it's not like the first time they sang about these things. I just feel like they're, I think when people generally think of Mud Honey, especially you don't really know them. Keep their it stuff out that of much. my face. Yeah, they just, think, face. Like, yeah. It's a, they just probably think of it as like a wild party yeah. band kind of thing, which is yeah. great. I love that kind of music a lot. And I love those lyrics too, because they can be really fun and stupid and goofy, but like they actually started putting really serious topics <laughs> into their songs mm-hmm. and that is I think really cool I think uh, again like I was really impressed even that they even had a song about pro-choice themes you know yeah well I think the overarching <laughs> back then theme- in 95 yes, so. for real well I think the overarching theme from Mud Honey is disdain for the system itself systems of hierarchies the inequities 
that exists between those who have political or social power and capital and the rest of the people. And mm-hmm. you've seen that, especially again, they went on their Captain Beefheart, I'm calling it Captain Beefheart period. Um, <laughs> and they were talking about the music industry and their songs. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. So it, I just love that. And mm-hmm. there's a song, Flowers for Industry. Okay. It's yeah, just, yeah. Like that's the, I think that's the thing you're like, I don't know. Oh, I love it so much. It's just <laughs> and he's screaming and he's just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so but that's one of my favorite Manoni songs good and good and so what is the what's the one that everybody loves us everybody loves our town oh overblown overblown, overblown? yeah and you know they have songs where they're just cynical about the music well there's into your stick which is into like your stick, which yeah so yeah I actually yeah. love the I mean I love the riff of into your stick and I like the course but yeah like I whatever I think there's a lot of baggage with the like who the song the people who the song who the song yeah. may or may not be about yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I do really yeah. like it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh and I also I've got a there is a content warning on that because it has a suicide uh, mention yeah. What? Yeah. it's not very sensitive yeah. for that for sure so you have Definitely to be not. cautious it's just straight but, up angry yeah yeah so yeah. you know it's but uh, I do like the song, but it's not like my tops. All right. So I started making some lists of my tops. I started the top songs. And also I have one that just top riffs. <laughs> oh, oh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. What's up? Okay. They're really long. <laughs> go go for it. Let's see. Top riffs. Okay. Touch me. I'm sick. I was going to say that. <laughs> no, no end in sight. Nice. Is it? Burn it clean. Twenty four. I love twenty four. <laughs> wow. I love it. <laughs> it, it. In and out of grace. Ooh. You got it. Mm-hmm. Who are you driving now? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Shoot the moon. Shoot the Ooh. moon. Ooh. Ounce of Deception. Let me turn my mic off because I'm just gonna go. These are there's some good risks. <laughs> Kill yourself live. Mm-hmm. Well, deception, yeah. Deception pass. Nice. And then I probably could. That wasn't even all of them, but that was like the ones I was I had time to write down. And then for my favorite songs, which is a totally separate list. <laughs> go for it. Right into the drink. Touch me. I'm sick. Twenty four. You can see some of them mesh. You got it. Mud ride. Good enough. Who are you driving now? Shoot the moon. Suck you dry. Execution style. Into your shtick and kill yourself live. Wow. Yeah. Either like there's almost no slow ones you might notice, but I, I like you got it and mud ride because like those are some of the sexy songs. <laughs> well, mud ride <laughs> is like super. <laughs> they have like a lot of sexy songs. <laughs> I wouldn't. but then you have you know a lot of tormented yeah relationship and sad ending songs but they're like they're really good at like dragging uh you feel really tormented but it's good when you're also like in that headspace yeah well like if if i think in broken hands those are songs that are like good for that you know yeah no i love the juxtaposition because they have a lot of stuff going on in those songs but mark arm is just kind of monotone 
and then you have just a lot of harmonies going on just so much like the bass everything and that's another thing I love about Mudhoney is that you can actually hear every instrument I know mm. that the band is driven by guitars I mean they named their EP Super Plus Big <laughs> but you can hear everything like Dan Peters dr- drums just I don't know why people don't even talk about the drums in yes in this new record too I felt like yeah. the drums were really really like in um the drums were really prominent in like the drumming his drumming is always like it's not like a typical just like nope. punk 4-4 or something nope. like he uses all lot, of the drums a lot of toms <laughs> a lot of toms it's a like, lot of like double double stroke rolls yeah yeah he's really amazing yeah yeah and and I feel like he gets really featured a lot and all of a sudden like they really um and even like with the bass like I think everything gets featured and in a really cool way and the drums definitely like stood out to me in this uh, new record too and I I know we're talking about psychedelic the I think my favorite of the psychedelic songs well I like that kind of make it now where the guitar's like wow wow Oh my gosh. No, I can't even like favorite songs. I didn't even think about this. I'm just gonna I don't know. Oh my what about goodness. riffs? <laughs> oh okay. As I said, I love I love the droney stuff, but yeah, again with the flowers for industry, that's one of my favorites. Mm. Oh, that is I love flowers for industry. Wow. See, you got it with the first version. Mm-hmm. like the, the version on the the self-title bum, bum, i like bam, it bam, but, bam, bam, but i think bam, bam. okay the, i'm just gonna I do think the first version has a little bit more groove to it mm. um, yeah yeah the, the bass yeah. is really cool in that yeah i love the bass uh wow dang running loaded is we could song. probably just sit there i, I know i could just sit that. here so <laughs> good enough something so clear into the drink i'm trying to go like chronologically i'm looking at so i'm like think no one this site is great uh, mm. suck you dry oh oh yeah suck you dry is awesome you, you I, body expression explosion oh that has a good keyboard yeah that's i'm just like dang what are you doing to me so uh um what about this gift this gift i always really like to underwrite is great oh yes i, I had that on my list stew. we um, need to talk about the bat so quote unquote bad singing as well <laughs> oh my uh so, wow, Judgment, Rage, Retribution, and Time. Uh, FDK mentioned that, Fillers, Dr. Killers. Dang, I don't... <sighs> it, I was sitting here going through everything, and, like, it, it took me a while. <laughs> yeah, and, I don't... Like I said, we could just do a whole episode that just us making guitar sounds and being like, remember this, right? Do, 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 do. Um... <laughs> Where the flavor is is good. I feel hmm. like they went oh, like, yeah. the horn period. We didn't mention the horn period. <laughs> where it sounds like Rocket from the Crypt or something. Uh... Well, there was that there was that interesting period as well for a couple of albums. Wow, it is us. I like Oh, oh, that was another uh environmental song. Uh, yeah. Song. I mean it's that's like straight up for war. Oh yeah, yeah. man. Um, Tales of <laughs> Terror. Tales of that's another one that's so to me. That actually made me, what song did that make me think of? Something so clear. It was a similar oh, riff, but then it kind of went off on this whole other scope. So it's yeah. not like that. It just was like, you know? Um, yeah, I love something yeah. so clear also. So it just, 
man, what to do with the neutral, kind of like the Iggy Pop thing going on. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's so, and I like it small. And then on the, yes, yes, I like that song. It's too. just like the little dogs. It's like they like small things. I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I totally thought of I like it small when I heard little dogs, but I do not mind because I like both those songs. So, just so many songs. I didn't, I haven't thought about, oh, what's my list? And, so now having to think about it, it's, it's so hard. I don't know. Well, you don't have to pick. I mean, it's impossible to choose sometimes. But <laughs> but, but I, I did want to mention that because, like, I know that you, you know, you are a self-proclaimed fan of that. What, what I call, I like to call things quote unquote bad because, like, I don't think that in art there's really good or bad. Like, I think a lot of it just has to do what resonates with you. That's my personal right. feeling about things like movies and music and stuff. Right. But, but, uh, I know you love quote unquote bad singing. I absolutely do. One of my, it's my fifth favorite thing in the whole world. And yeah. and I feel like even though I don't think that Mark Arm is a bad singer, one of the reasons that like, and I was like, you know, when I was in high school and like grunge was the thing, I was the mud honey person <laughs> that I was the only one. And I think it was because of Mark Arm's beautiful singing. Interesting. <laughs> because I think that people like, yeah, I mean, even though Kurt Cobain had like a rough singing style, but Nirvana was already like in the mainstream at that point. But Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, like those kind of singing styles are a lot more palatable to most people. Okay. But I think that Mark Arm's singing is like really can be considered extremely harsh uh, <laughs> on the ear, but I really love it. Right. But I think it's not for everybody, kind of like Bob Dylan or you know he gets compared to Iggy Pop a lot to um Mark Arm but I feel like he's got his very very own special like you always know yes. it's him you can't confuse him with anyone else but it's also not you're not like yeah he's got a golden throat or something <laughs> you know, I I love it you know but I I think that that was what really made them stand apart a lot and just like the amazing guitar and everything else we were to, we've been discussing about them but that vocal tone is so particular and i think it really turned certain people off and i think that that kind of made them a little bit more of a niche fandom <laughs> among uh, my high school peers <laughs> well let's talk about that because people get going back to the grunge thing and so how all these bands got picked up and they mm -hmm. all went on different trajectories so you have a band like Nirvana, you know, they did, to me, it was more metal, kind of the first album was a little bit more metal. And then you had the second album, which did pick up on the Pixies influence. And then the third album, which is my, In Utero is actually my favorite Nirvana album. And it might be the Steve Albini thing. I don't know. I, I like mm. Steve Albini, but I also think that it had sort of like the noise kind of cynicism thing that I liked, which is probably one of the reasons I love Mudhoney. And it had a, a type of cynicism that the first album didn't have, which I love. And then the second album, I really don't think had. <laughs> and yeah. it was, uh, it was very, a, a clear struggle with success and sort of a stream of consciousness kind of thing. I really like when people have stream of consciousness and you kind of see all this stuff going on in their brains. Mm -hmm. um, and so that I feel like in utero was that and I mm -hmm. do think they were just better crafted songs they I feel like they were a mixture of the first two albums whereas like I feel like Nevermind was a little bit too anthemic to me and I'm not a fan of anthemic songs like Seven mm -hmm. Nation Army I'm like no 
So <laughs> I think they were good songs. They were well-crafted songs. But you look at, uh, what's the EP that Nirvana put out? Incesticide? Or oh, yeah. And uh, so that kind of stuff, same thing. It was a, It was a little too structured for me than the first and the last Nirvana albums. My yeah. favorite song from them that I listened to lately, mm-hmm. and I don't really revisit the other Nirvana songs, is Aneurysm. I'm always revisiting Aneurysm. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like, like that one. My favorite Nirvana song is Swap Me. And the mm-hmm. reason why I love that song is because I'm also obsessed with rhythmic illusions. Uh, and every time I listen to that song, go listen to that song. When the song mm-hmm. But I listen to that song and my brain reads it in a different way then it's actually being played. And I love stuff like that. That will probably forever be my favorite Nirvana song. The thing about Nirvana is they do have like some pop structures and I don't mind that at all. But I just, the, the anthemic stuff, I'm like, ew, no, no. <laughs> See, um, I like I like hooks and anthems too. But yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly, I became, I think once I got into Mud Honey, I, I ignored Nirvana and I didn't oh, listen to Nirvana. <laughs> in utero very much at all so and I, I think not even know all the songs on it oh dang so I, think... I was like I'm telling you I was like oh this is the one for me <laughs> and I think with like because you see bands like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden they kind of went out like Pearl Jam just kind of went out there and so they have their specialized fan base if they're kind of like the Grateful Dead and that there's like specific people that go see Pearl Jam every time and they never apparently do the same set when they play hmm. and they have like 20 albums and yeah and so you know I never was into them or Soundgarden yeah. I think their their vocals were too smooth or something and then I didn't like the songs that much sorry I'm sorry everybody I, 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 know I, I got into Mud Honey and I was like forget everyone else this is well just- the thing the thing I think the thing with Mud Honey and that's for me I'm a punk kid and so to me, me too me a too punk band. Yep, and, yep, and yep. I like Soundgarden the drumming is phenomenal I again I have a bunch of their albums and I think they're great albums and the way the songs are crafted like Black Hole Sun is an amazing song and again they have like they don't do typical 4-4 Rusty Cage and they have that song like, that you want to talk about silly song they have some big dumb sex you know it's like, <laughs> so, oh I love yeah, that they- <laughs> oh I love goofy songs sure Speaking, but uh, yeah, just no, speaking of, do you remember the thrown ups? They had this on traffic accident sex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> traffic accidents. <laughs> so that was one of the many projects that Mud Honey members were involved in or whatever. And I think my favorite's the monkey wrench. So we we were talking yeah. about this too. I love the monkey wrench. Monkey wrench is great. It's and so that was with Tim Kerr. You know, speaking of Tim Kerr, like the big boys and so, you know, a lot of that, and that's the other thing that I love the connection with the dicks and the big boys and all like Texas, like queer mm. punk. And mm. so Mud Honey has that connection. And so, Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And then you, you had uh, the blood loss. Well, Tim Kerr was also in the Lord High Fixers. Uh, mm. But yeah, you have bands like Blood Loss. You have bands yeah, like I really like that record too. Yeah. And that's where uh, like Guy Madison was in that band and then he moved to Mud Honey. But yeah, there's just some great stuff going on. And so you see a lot of those things kind of intertwine with Mudhoney's music for a little bit. Uh, And so I, but at the same time, they have their own voice. 
It's not like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're these other bands and we're just going to bring that to, no, they have their own voice and you can tell it's Mud Honey. They will yeah. always have the psychedelic thing. They will have the punk element. They will have the mm-hmm. cynicism that you, they don't have in their other bands. And humor. <laughs> I mean, I think humor, it's important because yeah. I think that uh, it would be hard for me to take if this, there are only songs that are about depressing topics or whatever, or but yeah. like the, the way he approaches the song, they approach the songs that are about real topics that are tragic and depressing with humor to me it makes it like I can take it you know and um I think one of the most interesting songs that they have done which has not gotten uh mentioned yet is a little punk song called Chardonnay oh I say a song about wine yes I I, I did hear it hate Chardonnay yes I I, I did I listened to that the other day they say soccer moms like sip on you or something well you know I I think it really makes me you know because our musical things we did you know we would we did songs about some serious topics but we also did songs about our pets many songs about our pets and I appreciate that um, the new mud on the record has little dogs and the video is really cute it's adorable and uh mark arms dog is really cute and i'm more of a cat person hardcore cat person and i don't love dogs but cats let me tell you something cats are the greatest people on earth and i don't (laughs) want to hear anything else but but i I can i can um accept little dogs so i'm okay with this so i i think that though if they did if they did a song about cats i'd be like i know i'm already married but can i marry (laughs) you But, but uh so maybe it's better that they didn't because i'd probably become like a crazed stalker but well there um, was a there was a shot in the little dogs video i have a thing for pugs and so there was a shot <laughs> of this pug and i just, oh. why are you doing this to me why are you doing this to my me? yumi loves pugs also so i have to oh. have to send her that video oh yeah oh just yes i agree with you the video was absolutely adorable and we were admiring the the the, the white the gray hair going on because like we are all yes. wishing for our own full grays to come through soon. Yes. I have, so, I have some. <laughs> but let's okay. So it, it's funny they end the album with little dogs. So I am a person who enjoys continuity in an album, <laughs> and that just threw me for a loop. So. They had the the video up, so I heard the video or heard the song through the video, and then I heard the album. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> the whole song is all the songs are like, hey, consumerism sucks, capitalism sucks, militarism sucks, all this stuff, and then the environment dogs. isn't being destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> like dogs. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, wait, I should I should tell you what he what Mark Arm commented on that song. Okay. In the Flood magazine article, yes. Dan brought this song in and it seemed like it was going to be an instrumental. I came up with words on a drive home from work, anticipating how I would be greeted at the door. This is a love song. Oh. And that was the, that's like the last part of the article, too. So it's perfect. That's so perfect. Sweet. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you know, they're getting older and they're like, you know, we need some balance. I think it's actually like 90 I mean it's in it's like a 90% punk rage and then yeah, 10% but I love my little dog at home I think it was actually a really good place to put it because like it's where kind of where else like... were you gonna put it <laughs> where yeah. else were you gonna put that song Abby 
<laughs> Good point. Well, yeah, you're not going to put it in the beginning, in the middle as exactly. an intermission. I don't know. But then it would be hard to get Reb back up again. So on on side B, little dots, it doesn't work. <laughs> but I, I, but I, like I, t I literally texted you this. I said, it reflects real life. Yeah. Because it, even though it might seem weird and doesn't make sense, but that's how li life has a lot of miserable crap going on. But there's also a lot of beautiful, wonderful things like little dogs and cats. And on a personal note, I my cat um, in the morning lately has been sleeping near my head. Abby, it is yeah. not, it is not your cat. Get oh yes, right. okay. So I'm no 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 no. <laughs> you are theirs. Get oh, it I right. See. Get it right. So I should say the cat who I am belonging to. Yes. Um, <laughs> was, uh, has lately been cuddled next to my head in the morning and it's like my head's in his fur and I'm petting him and he's purring and I, I was resting in his furriness and I was just thinking if this is I heaven, my little cat. yeah, I was thinking, I love it. no, I was like, if this is it, I'm okay. If this is what heaven is like, I'm all right. This is it. I'm okay. <laughs> this is the best it gets in life. I'm all right. This is oh. amazing. <laughs> I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And I said, I don't know if you saw the, I forget what content creator it is, but they make these videos of like making the giant cat. That's their cat friend. Mm. And one of them was Jur Jurassic Cat. <laughs> <laughs> they had scenes from Jurassic Park and edited the cat. To be oh, like, I think oh, I did. That is this. how I want to go out. If I'm squashed by a giant cat, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm, go I'm not sure if I feel that way, but, but I just felt like, <laughs> I feel like life has every end of experience, you know, like there's pain, there's a lot of horrible things going on, but there's also love and wonderful things going on and things like animals, which are miraculous to have, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that <laughs> Mud Honey appreciates that. And, and I, I appreciate mud honey that they appreciate that. And it kind of makes a circle. It makes a circle of love. You know, oh. if you keep on spreading your appreciation, I think that's one of the things that's fun about doing a podcast like this too, is like, I was talking to my husband and I'm like, I'm going to fangirl out because <laughs> it is wonderful to love things and appreciate things and talk about how you love things. And then people don't focus on that enough in life sometimes. And it can like, why not? Why can't you love and appreciate things and be happy for others who love and appreciate things? You know, yeah. it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> I have a question for you. It, it is. Uh -huh. That's true. Mm -hmm. They say nothing in life is free. There's, hugs are free. A smile is free. I hope. Petting your cat or someone else. Or sorry, petting the cat that lets you pet it and who lives you. with you. <laughs> the cat who lives with you. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, there are like, you can definitely acknowledge that there are a lot of problems, but like there are a lot of up aspects too. And then it can help you get through the problems when you can, you know, sometimes focus on things that are like really real and good and positive, like little dogs and cats. <laughs> uh, so I do have a question for you. One of the things we've talked about is, you know, we're all getting older. Yeah. And there's that saying that, oh, we get older, we turn into our parents. <laughs> or people as they get older become more conservative and you look at some of the bands that came out of that era and who were punk bands or 
alternative and I'm not talking about how the industry I'm just saying like alternative to the mainstream so one of the folks that I'm looking at is Buzz Asbord who I found out was a fan of Thomas Sowell who is you know uh, go look him up and just the idea of like oh racism is you know an individual problem sort of thing you know I mean Mm. that's sort of the surface level but He's on, um, uh, I think it's a Fox affiliate or something, or maybe it's like one of the Fox cable shows and he's on there talking about his love for Thomas Sowell. And I said, oh no, like the Melvin, one of my favorite bands of yeah. all time. And to hear that just really, you know, given because they have over time produced materials that, you know, were sort of counter to those conservative ideas and ideals. So mm-hmm. to hear him say that was just, and so this is not a, man, I'm just, I'm so disappointed. I just wanted to meet him. It's not anything like that. I don't expect to, you know, meet Buzz Osborne or whatever. And I will say the dudes in Mudhoney are extremely nice. And uh, I have, met and hung out with them over the years and they are quite nice so I'll just say that so it's not like oh everyone's servant and don't meet your heroes or anything because sometimes the people who inspire you and influence you are actually really good people uh, so the, the question I wanted to ask to you is what do you think and obviously we're not them so we can't fully answer or we're not in, in our head but from your perspective of listening to Mudhoney's music what do you think keeps them in this perspective of questioning the status quo in whatever capacity and also finding the little joys like dogs or (laughs) the beauty of a human touch or whatever, because, you know, we're pushing 50 and I'm happy Mm -hmm. about that. And so we've (laughs) also, you know, maintained some of the questioning of the status quo. I I hope I maintain a lot of that, (laughs) but what, makes you think like a lot of the music we listen to like a lot of the artists are turning more conservative whether it's in a a minuscule capacity or a major one what do you think that keeps a band like Mudhoney going and questioning a system of capitalism questioning the spirit of conservatism and fascism and all of these things and then they find some beauty I think that they're to my mind by far pretty much probably like the punkest of the grunge era bands mm-hmm. right from the sound um i think they were coming from those kind of feelings already but they weren't so focused in their lyrics till as they got older mm-hmm. and i think it's common sense and they seem to be smart and have common sense but the other thing is they have like you mentioned had a, like cynicism towards the music industry they did not have that kind of commercial success that some of the bands did but they also dodged many bullets do it. And I, like a lot of their music has that, you know, that people, if you write, read articles about Mud Honey, they'll call them like industry survivors, things like that. Wow. Um, I'm pretty sure that I read that Mark Arm, he had addiction issues. Um, probably other members of the band did. I do not deeply know all about that, but they got through it and survived to it, the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully that gave them some perspective, but, Again, to me, a lot of this stuff is super common sense, like everything that's been going on and protesting about and making fun of 
you know, people taking Invermectin to try to fight COVID because of Fox News. I mean, that to me is all common sense, kind of like, of course, this is ridiculous. What kind of a, you know, clown show are we looking at here? So it makes sense. And it makes, but, you know, not as we know, not everybody has common sense about this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of times as people get older, there's a lot of, they say they get safer or more kind of comfortable and wanting to be protective of their capital or their money or whatever. It might be just that they didn't get to the point where they had that as a priority. And and I feel like I relate in the way of like, as an artist, being a visual artist, like I don't make my full living off of cartooning or my doing my visual or, or audio art. I just do it when I feel like it. And I feel like that help me stay loving and making art when I feel like it to me is the best in the most free way. I don't imagine, I think I read he works at Sub Pop. Uh, I don't yes. think they're full-time musicians, right? Uh, right? I'm not sure if that's like what they're supporting themselves off of. And I think that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Actually, because it's like, they're still working on doing other things. They don't lose touch with like the reality of being workers. And <laughs> for sure, you know, for sure. No, I think that's, that's some theory is out here. That's a really good theory, though. <laughs> that's an excellent theory. And just looking at the songs, you said Move Under. You love that. Mm -hmm. Almost everything. Cascades of Crap is another favorite of mine. <laughs> it's a good title. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is such a great album. And again, I'm going to really sit with it. There's a lot of music coming out this year. Depeche Mode. Has it, you know, we'll talk about major band. Their album is quite good. People are- Oh yeah, think, they're on tour now, right? Yeah. So I think that maybe, you know, everything's dialectical, positives and negatives to everything. So I think everything being shut down at a time and the pandemic itself has really given people space to move and really think about what priorities are or where they stand on particular things. You know, some people like we have seen people go more to the conservative side. Other people go, no, a, we're heading into dangerous territory. And I think Mudhoney was a band. It's like we're heading into dangerous territory, and we better uh, act now in the opposite direction before, you know. <laughs> yeah, and well, also, um, I think because I read some other articles around this, and I think they were saying that they basically are keeping up Mudhoney, I mean, you know, especially during the pandemic, but the, some of the members are remote, I think. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, they were using it also as a project to keep up on their friendship and see each other regularly. And while they were doing that, do songs. And, the, and that means that their friends, they have similar values and their value the, as friends, hope, you know, they probably have similar values and opinions about all these things. And then that makes it a lot easier to kind of be like, because I, I think you probably know more than me because you keep up on a lot of what's going on with like a lot of the bands. You know, I think there's some bands where there's one particular member is apparently problematic and yep. others aren't. Ooh, and, yes. <laughs> you know, and yeah. but like because the band is successful, they're going to stay together and not get rid of that person. You know, but like the band like what, honey, that's not really a, a thing. That's like, OK, we're doing this because we want to do it. And we like each other and we're doing it. We're continually doing it. And we're not, if one of us goes off the deep end <laughs> and suddenly becomes like hateful, you're probably not going to keep oh, them dang. in. You know what I mean? Dang. I'm also a fan of bands being very open about where they stand politically. Yeah. Because of who I am as yeah, a, yeah. A, a marginalized person on various uh, fronts. Yeah. Yeah. And so 
I want to know if you're white supremacist. I want to know if you hate queer people. I want to know all of these things. And, Mm -hmm. and when people go, well, politics shouldn't be in music. It's like politics has always been in music from the beginning of music. And you're saying you just don't want left wing ideas in music because you have no problem with Ted Nugent, no problem with a lot of these right-wing artists or kid rock or whatever, who apparently, uh, what is, I just saw that there was, I don't know their name, but they are a trans activist. And I guess they're the face of Bud Light now, which is interesting. Like, yes. I, I, that's the only, <laughs> the only time I ever hear about kid or think of, or hear about kid rock is because a trans activist got to is like, um, yeah, being featured by Bud Light, which then I guess made him all sad in wow. his pants or whatever. Well, Come on, so, people. Like they call everybody snowflakes. Oh my God. Whoa. Exactly. And the thing that people need to realize, like getting to the capitalism thing, like none of these corporations actually care about the lives of trans people or mm. African people or anybody. It's just like, oh, we have a market and there's a space open up. Oh, trans people, come in. Like now you're going to buy our beer and we'll make more profit. It has nothing to do with the humanity of anyone. And we need to understand that. I wanted to mention sort of, this is kind of related. Do you read the thing about D Snyder? No. Okay. So um, he had, I already read some things where he mentioned, so some conservative groups have been using the twisted sister song. Oh, we're We're not not going to take take it. it. And D Snyder hates that. So now that he just was in the news saying that Twisted Sister is getting back together so they could do some anti-conservative events because, because yeah, yeah. Because the conservatives were trying to co-opt his song. And I think that's amazing because how miserable is it if somebody tries to co-opt your music for a cause you don't believe in? And this is a really good way to battle it. And he also just recently appeared on this big TV show, the voice. So he's clearly trying to get out there and, uh, try to right the wrongs of people taking his music but uh, in oh. and in an article about it you know he also was saying you know from the beginning like he totally mentioned that um is it actually a law or the bill that uh, against cross-dressing that is coming out and he was totally mentioning like my band would have been able to play i'm a heterosexual man however i know i understand what the feeling is of being marginalized for cross-dressing and like i am 100 percent in support of lgbtq and all this so d snyder yeah See no evil, can't you see? You're gonna burn in hell. That's- we should we should actually cover. We're not gonna take it next time I come to your house. Let's do it. <laughs> Snyder. I mean, I like Dee Snyder also infamously was uh, on the stand testifying against the PMRC. So it's yeah. sort of in his wheelhouse, I guess, to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, he, he he's you know secret secret hero who knows but like wow, uh but yeah so i want to set we want to celebrate we can boo the buzz the buzzes and we can cheer the mud honeys and the d snyders for wow. coming up because I, I think that we do like kind of typically would say like if somebody is like a, a, a cis you know heterosexual white guy of a certain age you really are suspect of how they're gonna be well that, that's things. why that's why i asked the question i did because mm-hmm. mud honey are my guess is they're in their 50s maybe mm-hmm. about to be 60 i don't know but they still have the spirit that you know when they do and hate the police in their yep. 20s or whatever and so just to see someone still out there 
being very decisive in where they stand politically, I love to see it because too many people are saying, no, we don't need politics in this space. We don't need this. And a lot of it, not always, but when people say that, they usually mean we don't want to see left-wing thought in this yep. space. And yep, so agreed. that's why I'm just like, oh, I want to see you. If you're right-wing, I want to know it. If you're yeah, left-wing, yeah. I want to know it. So then I know what show to go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I kind of wonder if some of it has to do with kind of like in the 80s, the the situation that maybe there were neo-Nazis that, that people were having to kick out of concerts and stuff. Mm kick out of shows and like I think every once in a while I see stories about that and how like you really have to have a hard line and not let them in absolutely and so uh, again I'm a punk kid I come from the hardcore scene where it's just like Nazis are not allowed at the show and so now you're saying well we you know like we all share the love of the music so no ideologies here no when we go outside of that venue I am running the risk of getting my ass beat by a Nazi yeah, you um, want to make it safe for everybody. Otherwise, exactly. it's not for if your your music isn't really for everybody. If it's not safe for everyone Thank to you. be there in person and to Thank appreciate you. the music, Thank and you. and people don't get it. And we we you you know it just. <laughs> but that's another reason. Like I, that's why I was texting you. I woke up that morning. I put on the brand new Mud Honey album. I texted you that big text all about. <laughs> I know you went in. I was like, okay, okay. I have to go somewhere, but I'm going to listen to this album while I get ready. Well, and, I thought you yeah. already did because you had it early. So I know, but I, I, you know, I have a lot of stuff. To Sorry. Do. I hope I didn't spoil or no, anything. You I, I, was, I thought you were ahead no. of me already. So I was like, oh, <laughs> this one and that one. And... <laughs> no, that was great. No, I, I still had no idea what you were referring to. So. It's okay. <laughs> but, no, I, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they did. I don't know if you heard their rendition of I Hate the Bloody Queen. So the song- I have to find it. So I have it on vinyl, but oh. <laughs> it's like a blank. But they did a cover. Do you know the song, the original song? Who did it? So it was a, a fictional band called the Queen Haters, which oh. is sort of a take on the Sex Pistols and God Save the Queen. So I, I know I've heard, of, I've heard of it and I heard the name, but I don't think I heard their cover of it. So Oh, so so yeah, it was on SCTV. So you had John oh, Candy yeah. playing the drums and yeah, yeah, Martin yeah. Short was the, the John Lydon, uh, RIP <laughs> Nora. I just wanted to say that as well because his wife just uh, passed. Oh so, no. Yeah, so she was uh, about 80 years old and she was living with Alzheimer's for years and he was her caretaker for years. And so hmm. she, so it was inevitable, but that lady was his world. So uh, my heart goes out to John Lydon. Hmm. I just wanted to say that. So it was like Andrea Martin and what's the, I, want, I always want to say Joe Franklin, but what's the Joe Flattery, Joe Flat Flaherty. So they were the band. And so it was just kind of like the typical like riff, but it was kind of like God Save the Queen and said, I hate the bloody queen. He said, uh, she taxes me to death. I can't afford me dope. I love to get a high. I love to take a picture of it in lovely ectochrome and I give it to the prince. You know, it's just, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So they covered that. And I, another, that was another sort of plus point from Mud Honey for me. That song. So. Uh, I, well, I hope, I hope everything, you know, I hope uh, assuming all goes well, where we'll have seen them again by the end of this year. Yes. They <laughs> and, are on uh, tour for the album. I'm hoping they, that, yes. 
because they were doing shows all along Australia and everywhere. And I'm like, are they coming here? And then found out they were. So yes, 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 we have our tickets. So I'm looking forward to it. Any final words in terms of your love for mud honey or just in general or i just say i love honey i love being on the podcast with you and being able to hang out with you again and love life can be beautiful especially when you get to be with your friends and when you have a cat and little dogs little dogs i love <laughs> little dogs <laughs> no wait now i wanna be a little dog <laughs> oh nice good mashup Thank you so much, Abby. Thank you. Thank you. On this special episode, Mud Honey has a new album. Go listen to it. Go buy it. I think you listen to it on streaming. I, again, I have the physical, but listen to it in any way you can. Just support bands who are anti-Nazi, anti-fascist, and have anti-capitalist, anti-consumerist sentiments. I support that all day, as you know, if you listen to the show, this podcast. <laughs> I support Mud Honey just on that level. I don't care. There was a, I'll say this. So we did a, a anti-TPP, so Trans-Pacific Partnership. So mm-hmm. we participated in an anti-TPP event and anti-flag was there. And so hmm. a comrade of mine, so anti-flag is good, like, you know, if you're into that stuff, but they did an acoustic set. And so a comrade of mine actually he, he's like, I, I don't really like this music, but I bought all their records because of what they stand for. And so we actually like um, met them and he just says this and the dude's like, that's cool. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I don't like, I don't, I don't really know your music. I'm not into it, but I bought all your records. <laughs> I was like, hey. Yeah, the, the, like one of the guys was like, that's cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> gonna die gonna die gonna die for your government <laughs> yeah. so i'll just say that support bands who are really for humanity they don't rule humanity out and or for the concentration of wealth for a few and you know all, all that kind of stuff support bands who are against <laughs> that that's all i'll say thank you so much for listening to this episode of music and we and we will be back soon and our next episode is actually going to be covering the new Metallica album. Speaking what of a week. The, the biggest metal bands of all time. So you want to talk about polar opposites or, or maybe it's not exactly. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Abby. Thank you. <laughs> Talk to you later. Yes.